By dinner time, almost a half million refugees had made their way to the quayside. By now, however, the fire had also reached it. Fed by benzene and petroleum, the fire acted like a pulsating maelstrom. Flames reached hundreds of feet into the air. The crackling noises as buildings tumbled was almost deafening. The Theatre de Smyrna erupted into flames just after the Americans being sheltered there evacuated. Then the American consulate burned. Minutes after, Horton managed to escape with the consulate archives. The intense heat began to burn the mooring lines that held the ships to the harbor, forcing the ship's captains to move back almost a thousand feet from the harbor. Oren Raber, a tourist who had arrived a few days before, recalled his experience as he sat aboard an American warship. The flames leaped higher and higher. The screams of the frantic mob on the quay could easily be heard a mile's distance. There was a choice of three kinds of death. The fire behind, the Turks waiting and shooting from the streets on either side, and the ocean in front. That evening, aboard the British warship HMS Iron Duke, Admiral Sir Osmond de Beauvoir Brock was insistent that the ship's routine carry on as normal in spite of the difficulties that were occurring on shore. Also aboard the Iron Duke was the British journalist Ward Price. Price was shocked by the surreal nature of seeing British officers dressed in formal white mess jackets partake in their dinner while the horrific screams could be heard over the clanking of wine glasses and tinkling of silverware. The screams grew unbearably worse as humans were essentially being baked alive from the intense heat. The admiral, seeing that the screams were becoming an annoyance at his officer's dinner table, ordered the ship's band to begin playing some lively tunes to counter the disquieting noise from the quay. Once music could be heard emanating from the flagship Iron Duke, Given that the dinner hour is the same for the entire British fleet, companionships ordered their own bands or phonographs to also play music to drown out the distracting screams of people burning to death. Duncan Wallace, a veteran of the Royal Navy and longtime resident of Smyrna, was also on board the Iron Duke for his safety. He marveled in disbelief at one of the strangest experiences of the night, was to hear the band playing while the town was burning and cries and the roar of the fire filled the air. Another British national standing next to Wallace marveled to hear the ship's phonographs blasting the sweet strains of familiar records like Humoresque and the swelling tone of Caruso in Pagliacci floating over the water. He lamented, It's almost possible to lose oneself in the music were it not for the fact that the quieter arias are suddenly drowned out by the frightful shrieks from the quay. British seaman Bunter, aboard the Iron Duke, watched as hundreds of Greeks clung to the quayside trying to escape the intense heat of the fire. Stunned, he then watched Turkish soldiers appear and deliberately sever the victims' arms with their scimitars resulting in hundreds of refugees falling to their deaths in the sea. At the completion of dinner in the officers' mess aboard the Iron Duke, 
The officers scrambled on deck to survey what had been interrupting their dinner. One of the officers, Major Arthur Maxwell, through binoculars watched Turkish soldiers pour buckets of a liquid over the refugees. Initially, he thought they were pouring water over the victims. The truth became obvious as a wall of fire rose wherever they poured. He cried out to his fellow officers, "'My God, they're burning the refugees!' Screams from within the crowds could be heard. "'Kemaste! We're burning! We're burning!' After joining the officers on deck, 